the Planet Sport Rugby Podcast. Hello there and welcome along to the very first edition of the Planet Sport Rugby Podcast Japan 2019. I'm Adrian Barnard and every day over the course of the next six weeks we'll be bringing you a feast of rugby news, stories and interviews to help you engage with this year's Rugby World Cup. Well, They say that variety is the spice of life and so over the next 47 editions we'll be unpacking the competition as it unfolds with match reviews and previews. We'll also be hearing from players, past and present, including the current captain of the Tonga side, Siali Piatau, and a former World Cup winning captain in Nick Farr-Jones from Australia. And on the ground in Japan, our reporters Tom Ellis and Liam Flint will be finding out what's happening alongside the tournament, as rugby fans from all across the world flock to the land of the rising sun to support their teams. And we want to involve you too. Send us your thoughts, comments and questions on the Rugby World Cup and we'll do our best to include them in the show. You can contact us on WhatsApp and the number there is plus four four seven seven zero seven 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 six seven nine zero. That's plus four four seven seven zero seven 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 six seven nine zero. And we'll have that number for you again at the end of the show. Well, today we're kicking off with a quick introduction into this year's World Cup. And to help us do that, it's an absolute delight to welcome now on the line from Japan, Jeff Anderson. Now, Jeff's been a rugby player. He's been a rugby referee, an administrator in the game and very much a fan. Jeff, delighted to have you with us. Thank you very much, Adrian. It's probably interesting that you're hearing an American voice and not a British or a Welsh or a New Zealand or Aussie. Tell us a little bit about your rugby playing career, because as you say, as an American uh, playing rugby in the 70s, tell us how you got into the game and how your love for the game started. Well, I took up uh, what we call soccer, or the rest of the world would call football, when I was in junior college. And when I graduated and then went on to the University of Miami in Florida, I played on the Miami University of Miami soccer team. And one day at lunch, the captain of the soccer team came out to me and he says, hey, Jeff, you ever play rugby? And I said, nope. And this voice in my head said to me, an education is more than a classroom. So I said, hey, I'd like to learn. He says, well, be out at the soccer pitch four o'clock today. And I did. And it was love at first hit. And that was 1970, 49 years ago. I played second row lock. I'm 190 centimeters tall. So they wanted me to second row. And you've played rugby in the United States and in Japan, too. Yes, yeah, I played for Miami. And when I graduated, I came home to New England and played for Boston for a number of years. Then I got married and uh, retired for eight years. But then I moved down to Virginia Beach and thought, you know, I'd like to take this up again. So I did. And I was in my early 30s and played for a number of years for the Norfolk City Blues. Then we went to Japan as Presbyterian missionaries, 87-89, where I played for Yokohama Country and Athletic Club on Sunday afternoons, and then came back in 89 to where we lived in Virginia Beach, Virginia, right next to Norfolk, and played small for the Blues and then the Old Boys. And when you play an Old Boys, you only play in two, three, four games a year. And I said, I've got to do something to force myself to stay in shape. So in 1992, I became a referee. And I was really in shape then, even though at that time I was 43 years old. For my first seven years as a referee, uh, what we 
do in American rugby, we have an A side and a B side, the first 15, the second 15. And the visiting team would always be short players for the B side. So I would referee the A side where I would run eight kilometers. Then I changed my shirt into the visitor shirt and play for the visitors B side another 60 minutes and probably run another three or four kilometers and get whacked in head. <laughs> finally at age 49 a ball fell on me my ribs went crack my wife said that's it you're just gonna ref period <laughs> <laughs> well of course in the United States there are several other sports which have very high profile so for you as an American playing rugby what's the attraction of the sport Jeff uh, the attraction for me at the time was self-esteem, man. Like, well, I had a boss at the time. He had no respect for me at all. And one day he said to me as he comes out of his office, hey, I understand you play rugby. Man, you guys run through garbage trucks. And I was instantly, you know, zoom right up in his esteem. So uh, people back then saying, you play rugby? Oh, man, you're really special. You're something different. And, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it was just being something different, totally different. And it had a real tough guy image. Well, we mentioned, Jeff, that you are now uh, in Japan. You've been there for just uh, a few days. Of course, uh, Japan hosting the Rugby World Cup for the first time. Tell us something about the atmosphere there in the country. Rugby fans, they're very passionate about their game and also their expectations and hopes for this World Cup as they host it. Well, um, rugby, you know, way back in 1987 when we lived here, I used to go over once a month to one of the many English bookstores and buy my copy of Rugby World and Post. And in 87, they said Japan had more rugby clubs than any club, any nation on earth. I thought, whoa, that's really popular here. And uh, it was. But unfortunately, in the early 90s, the J-League professional soccer started. and That sucked a lot of fans away from uh, rugby. But uh, now rugby having uh, the Sunwolves and uh, professional teams here it's it's getting bigger and bigger in fact it's huge absolutely huge i'm just sorry that the new stadium they're building for the olympics next year isn't finished so we're gonna have to have the semifinals and final down in yokohama uh, but um yeah the, uh, as soon as i got off the plane uh got to my train to where my hotel is stepped out of the train station every single telephone pole has a flag on it saying Rugby World Cup Japan 2019. They're absolutely crazy. Looney, <laughs> it's, it's just going to be fantastic. <laughs> and they, actually, they should have had this four years ago, this World Cup. But um, I'm glad they have it now. They deserve it. And the world is going to see just how popular rugby is in Asia. Well, of course, uh, in the last World Cup that you mentioned they held uh, in England, Japan memorably uh, beat South Africa in one of the pool games in one of the biggest shocks in Rugby World Cup history. So let's have a look at the pools now, Jeff, and also discuss the, the hope and expectation for Japan themselves and whether they're going to progress. Uh -huh. The four pools, Pool A, Ireland, Scotland, Japan, Russia and Samoa. Give us your thoughts on, on that pool and which teams you would expect to qualify. Well, Ireland are currently ranked number one in the world, so they're going through. I think Japan's only hope is to beat Scotland. I don't think they'll be able to beat Ireland. They will crush Russia and Samoa. But um, Scotland, that's going to be the key game right there. They could beat Scotland. They're in. If they don't, they're out, because I don't think they'll be able to beat Ireland. 
And do you think that home support has a, a big impact here? Will the stadiums be absolutely crammed full with Japanese fans? Uh, the stadiums here in the Tokyo area, which includes Saitama to the north prefecture and Yokohama and Kanagawa prefecture to the south, all the games there are sold out. Now, other places are not. I have tickets to, uh, for instance, um, South Africa, Italy, down in Shizuoka. And there are many, many sections still wide open for tickets uh, up in um, Sapporo in Hokkaido, Island of Hokkaido, way up north. Um, games up there are not sold out. Plenty of open tickets. But those right here in the Tokyo area, metropolitan area, you can't get a ticket with a crowbar. <laughs> so, Jeff, that's Pool A. And in Pool B, we have the reigning champions, New Zealand, alongside South Africa, Italy, Namibia and Canada. Uh, that's a laugher right there. You know, three-time winner New Zealand and two-time winner South Africa are going through. Uh, and right off, wouldn't you know, the first weekend, New Zealand and South Africa are playing each other. <laughs> and that's going to tell you right there pretty much who's going to end up in the final. Uh, Italy, Namibia, Canada. Now, Canada um, used to be the uh, champion of North America. They beat the United States ears in every time. But it's turned around in the 2000s, and uh, USA is getting better and better, and Canada is sinking and sinking faster. And I have a ticket, a couple of tickets to the New Zealand-Namibia game. I think the referee's scorecard is going to run out of room for the tries that New Zealand scores, but it's fun seeing the All Blacks in the haka. I love it. <laughs> Well, it's interesting. Uh, we've been talking to a couple of the Namibian players, and uh, at the last World Cup, New Zealand's beat Namibia by about 53 points to 15, something round about that. So it wasn't a, a total annihilation, and Namibia are saying they're much better prepared mm. than they've been for any World Cup. But yes, I think there's only going to be mm -hmm. one winner between those two teams. So let's move to Pool C now. Uh, you mentioned the USA. They are there alongside England, France, Argentina, and Tonga, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Well, there's World Cup winner England once there, and France. Now, uh, Argentina are not as good as they have been in the past. Japan is actually one rung higher on the world rankings than Argentina. And, of course, USA, you can forget them. I was just joking to somebody today. You know, if um, England still had Stuart Lancaster as coach, the USA would have a chance in winning. <laughs> <laughs> With Eddie Jones, they don't. Uh, and Tonga, again, that they're probably ranked as the pool. They have in the pool England, France, Argentina, USA, Tonga, and that's probably how they will end up. The only chance Argentina could get in is to upset France. I don't think they have any chance against an Eddie Jones coached team. Hmm. And so that takes us then, Jeff, to Pool D. Australia, who've won the Rugby World Cup twice, Wales, Georgia, Fiji, and Uruguay. Yeah, again, this is pretty obvious. Australia and Wales. Uh, Wales last month were number one, but up to four places down to number five in, in uh, September. Uh, Georgia, it's very interesting. You know, um, Romania for the first time didn't make a World Cup, and you can thank Georgia for that. Georgia, in the last decade, they have just really taken the rugby like a national sport and roaring up in Europe. They're, they're pushing right now for the six nations to become a seven nation. You let us in. Uh, but Georgia to beat uh, Australia and Wales, no. Same with Fiji. This isn't sevens, folks. This is union, so no chance. And Uruguay uh, is probably the weakest team in the whole, all four pools. Mm -hmm. 
Well, Jeff, thank you very much indeed for your thoughts on those pools. Uh, you'll be back with us on Monday. We look forward to having your thoughts on the opening games over the weekend. And you've got a couple of tickets for, for matches over the weekend then, Jeff. Yes, I do. Well, right now I don't have any tickets for the opener, but I have a friend who has some resale tickets. I um, think I can get in. But definitely Saturday I've got tickets to France, Argentina in Tokyo, and Sunday Ireland, Scotland in Yokohama. Well, Jeff, enjoy those games, and we'll look forward to catching up with you again on Monday. But for now, thank you very much indeed. I look forward to it. Thank you, Adrian. Jeff Anderson there, our match analyst in Japan for the World Cup. And on Monday, we'll be considering how the tournament is panning out following Saturday's three games between New Zealand and South Africa, Australia and Fiji, and France against Argentina. And the three games on Sunday, which see Italy take on Namibia, England facing Tonga, and the all-European clash between the Six Nations neighbours, Ireland and Scotland. Now, I just want to give you a quick taste of what's coming up over the next few days on the show. Now, over the weekend, both Namibia and Tonga are in action. And so on Saturday, we'll be hearing from the Namibia scrum half, Damien Stevens. While on Sunday, we'll be joined by Tonga's captain, Siali Piatau. Here's a quick taste of what to expect from Damien Stevens with his hopes for what Namibia can achieve at this tournament. I won't say that we're going in the World Cup thinking that we're going to win, because obviously not. But we're definitely going to go out there and give it our best and work on what we have been working on for the past four years. And here's Siali Piatau on the challenge facing Tonga. For us, you know, we've got to work hard for each other. We've got to have that belief in terms of being competitive and uh, obviously we've been put in the pool of death. But uh, for us, you know, we want to be playing the best. We want to be out there competing with the best and I think that's going to bring the best out of us. So Damien Stevens on the show on Saturday and Siali Piatau with us on Sunday. Now, you can catch up with all of the Japan 2019 podcasts on the free Planet Sports Rugby podcast app. So why not download that today if you haven't done so already? Now, earlier I promised our WhatsApp number again for you to contact us with any thoughts, comments or questions on the World Cup. So here's that number again. It's plus four four seven seven zero seven. 776-790. That's plus four four seven seven zero seven 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 six seven nine zero. And it'll be really good to hear from you. Well, tomorrow, Liam Flint will be with us, looking ahead to the latest action, and we'll be reflecting on South Africa's chances of winning their third World Cup title with help from the Lions winger Madosh Tamway. For now, though, from me, Adrian Barnard, thanks very much for listening. And the Planet Sports Rugby podcast, Japan 2019, is a passion for sports production.